This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, George Tolman talks about the 15 promises of praying the rosary. One body. Who made these promises? God's creation. One body. Can praying the rosary help solve the troubles of the world? One body. Let's find out. Here's school psychologist George Tolman. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the One Body Show. My name is George Tolman, and I am very happy to be on the air with you again today, uh, willing to, uh, ready to share the faith and ready to uh, also uh, share with you just something that's been on my mind as of late. And so, as always, I'm very excited to get a chance to be on the air and be with you. Again, I said my name is George. I am a currently a school psychologist for Lincoln Public Schools. I did my graduate school, uh, my time in, in Hayes, Kansas, and that's why I have some affiliation with the program, for those of you who don't who don't know me. And every now and then I just kind of contribute to the show, and uh, today is, is no different. And we're going to talk about something that uh, has been on my heart as of late that I'm really excited to share with you. It's more so my own thoughts, and so I want to preface this whole thing by saying that what I say, though it will be theologically correct, it is also my own personal opinion on manifestations of something that I found very powerful and very beautiful. And so, though none of it will contradict church teaching, mind you, it is a personal opinion, and so you are more than happy to debate some of the ins and outs of what I say. But today what we're going to do uh, for this program is we're going to spend the whole time talking about the mysteries of uh, the rosary, but in a particular way, we're going to talk about the promises of the rosary. Now, in these promises of the rosary, there are many of them, and we're going to go through them here shortly, but Our Lady gave these promises to some of of her, if you will, her disciples. Uh, To our knowledge, it was St. Dominic who received the graces to be able to know what these promises were and also given to Blessed Alan, who was also a very important figure in the terms of the not only the creation and teaching of the rosary, but also being able to pronounce it to the world as a legitimate tool for our prayer life and also, uh, in many ways, our relationship with the Lord. And so the promises of the rosary, there are 15 of them, and I have learned that sometimes we don't take time to learn this component of the rosary. Uh, we do talk about the mysteries, joyful, sorrowful, glorious, and also the the newer luminous mysteries. Uh, but these promises are very important to know because when you know the promises that Our Lady says when you pray the rosary faithfully, you understand that there's a lot of power behind these prayers that you can't find in too many other ways. In fact, uh, in summary, many saints, especially the late John Paul II, um, our beloved uh, Holy Father, he would be very big in saying that the rosary was a very powerful tool in helping uh, bring peace to the world, but also bring an authentic prayer life into our lives. And so the purpose of this talk is to go through some of these 15 promises, and I'm going to, and, and the whole deal about this is I'm going to talk about the logical consequences of these promises. In other words, I'm going to take some of these promises of the rosary 
and I am going to make some statements about the logical consequence of what happens when these promises occur. By doing so, I hope that some of you are able to grasp the practicality of these promises and understand that even with a simple recitation of the rosary, you are doing a lot to help Mother Church, not only in your own life, but also in her totality, both in the present and also in the future to come. And so one of the things that I want to do today is talk about that and share with you some of my opinions about what these logical consequences are. And I hope that as you follow along with me, you will gain a deeper appreciation and commitment to praying the Holy Rosary. But before I get into all that, I need to briefly explain something very important as to why I want to bring up this topic. When I was studying the faith as a college student, so for those of you who don't know my story personally, I'm going to sum it up here in about 15 to 20 seconds. I was 18 years old in Wyoming. I made a commitment to go to uh, Seward, Nebraska, uh, to Concordia University, to study to be a teacher. I did not know that Concordia was a Lutheran school, and so when I got into onto campus, I was immediately met with people who were very passionate about their Lutheran Protestant faith, and also, unfortunately, maybe some wanting to you know punch punch back at the Catholic Church. And there was a situation that happened where. After getting questioned by by uh, someone that I respected, I realized that I needed to study the faith. And so for literally the next four years, as I built up to graduate with my psychology degree, I was also studying the faith behind that. And so I would pick up all these different Scott Hahn books. I would pick up all these different resources. And I definitely became a more intellectual uh, Catholic. I was able to be way more uh, apologetic in my approach way more confident in my abilities to defend the faith against those who think that she is um, in error. Now, with that short background of my history, to the most important part, which shapes our talk today, as I was studying the faith, I realized something that, that I really didn't grasp. I knew it existed, but I, but I didn't really know the depth and breadth of it. And even today, I still need a little reminder or, um, about how deep this mystery is. But when I started studying the saints... And those individuals in the Catholic faith whom I highly respected, I realized pretty quickly that all of them, not some, not a majority, but all of them, had some reverence and veneration to our Blessed Lady. And it blew me away by how much they loved her and how much they saw that their relationship with Jesus Christ was profoundly impacted by their devotion to our Blessed Lady. Again, as Catholics, folks, we do not worship Mary but we do venerate her. The only reason why Jesus has flesh is because Mary said yes at the Annunciation. The only reason why we can look at that cross and know that Jesus is fully human and fully divine and that literally he walked the earth just as us is because his mother Mary was with him all of those 30 plus years of his life. When you look into Jesus' eyes and pictures, remember that you are looking into the eyes of Mary. Because again, in terms of the the incarnation, the, con um, the, the conception of our Lord in, in, in Mary's womb, there was no man involved. This was the intervention of the Holy Spirit. So every physical characteristic of Mary, so from his physical traits to his personality, to his hair, again, to his eyes, to his smile, all of that is immediately connected to Mary. And I started to realize that in my study, the only way that I could grow in Christ, the way that the great saints taught, was if I started to really appreciate our mother's role in my life, 
And that really changed my spiritual approach to everything. Where now I look to Mary and though I am still a sinner and though I still need a lot of work in a lot of different areas, I realize very, very clearly that her intervention is necessary for my growth in loving the Lord. Because every time that I fall in love with, with Our Lady, she immediately gives me more love for Jesus. And the more that I have love for Jesus, He always reminds me of the love I need to have for our Blessed Lady. I share that with you because what I'm about ready to talk about does not make any sense unless you gain that insight. And in fact, it's not insight. I think it's beautiful teaching of the Church over hundreds and hundreds of years. But a proper understanding of Mary leads to a proper understanding of why we do what we do in honoring her. And when we understand that, we all of a sudden realize that she has the answers to a lot of our problems, especially today, that can simply be done by turning to her, letting her have our problems, letting her have our strengths, and letting her intercede for us to the Father, through the Son, her Son, so that then we can receive the graces needed to help not only convert ourselves, but also lead others to conversion to Jesus Christ. So again, in summary, today's talk is about the 15 promises that Mary gave to St. Dominic and also Blessed Alan for those who recite the rosary. And we're going to go through the promises right now, and then we're going to talk about a few of them. I can't go through all of them within the 40-minute time, uh, time span that we have together. But I will go through some of them to talk about what these mean logically so that hopefully, again, you can have one or two more tools to be able to go back and say the rosary is something that I need in my life and also to remind you to talk to your mother in heaven because she wants to literally be with you on this Christian journey. So the 15 promises in order goes like the following. Number one, whoever shall faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Number two, I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. Number three, the rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. We're going to talk about number three quite a bit today. Number four, the rosary will cause virtue and good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God. It will withdraw the hearts of men from the love of the world and his vanities and will lift them to the desire for eternal things. Oh, that souls would sanctify themselves by this means. Number five, the soul which recommends itself to me by the recitation of the rosary shall not perish. Number six, Whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly, applying himself to the consideration of its sacred mystery, shall never be conquered by misfortune. God will not chastise him in his justice. He shall not perish by an unprovided death. If he be just, he shall remain in the grace of God and become worthy of eternal life. Number seven. Whoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. Number eight. Those who are faithful to recite the rosary shall have during their life and at their death the light of God and the plentitude of his graces. At the moment of death, they shall participate in the merits of the saints in paradise. Number nine, I shall deliver from purgatory those who have been devoted to the rosary. Number ten, the faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. Number eleven, 
You shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. We will talk about this one. Number 12, all those who propagate the Holy Rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. Number 13, I have obtained from my divine Son that all the advocates of the Rosary shall have for intercessors the entire celestial court during their life and at the hour of death. Number 14, all who recite the Rosary are my sons and daughters and brothers and sisters of my only Son, Jesus Christ. And number 15, devotion of my Rosary is a great sign of predestination. We will talk about a few of these promises shortly. Recently on the One Body Show, at least from what I can remember, we have had people come on or we've been reminded of people's stories of how the rosary has impacted them, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to share this talk with you, primarily because I think it's fitting with some of the stories and other things that we've heard over the radio, especially on the One Body program and others, talking about the power of the rosary, because it's very real and... As Catholics especially, our job really is to share this message of how beautiful this prayer is. I am taking one component of the prayer and elaborating on it. I promise you it's not as good as, as some of the talks that we've heard from, from our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, in the Hayes area and elsewhere who have shared the beauty of how the rosary has manifested in their life. Please listen to their stories. They're, they're awesome. Uh, but like I said, I hope that this is able to, to give you a little insight into the power of the rosary and remind you of kind of what Mary is doing, even if we don't know it. So let's go ahead and talk about a few of these promises, shall we? And again, my approach here is the logical consequence, the logical reasoning, if you will, of how these promises manifest themselves. So I want to first begin with number three. The rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. It's kind of a three-part promise here, if you will. Destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. Now, when we think of those three, destroying vice, decrease sin, defeat heresies, from a logical perspective, the only way that those can happen are the following. In order to destroy vice, that means that virtue must increase, right? The scriptures make that clear, the catechisms make that clear, and quite frankly, common sense makes that clear. The best way to destroy vice or things that are anti-virtuous, opposite of virtue, you increase virtue, right? You need to be more virtuous in order to destroy vice. Decrease sin. Sin has a lot of different forms. Remember that sin can be commission and omission. So you can either do it or blindly let it happen without ever providing counsel to someone. So if you want to decrease sin, we should see an increase in things like the spiritual works of mercy, the corporal works of mercy, things where all of a sudden if sin is being decreased, that means that grace is, our, our ability to respond to grace is increasing. And then defeating heresies. There's a lot of confusion in the world about who Jesus Christ is, even after almost 2,000 years after his his death and resurrection. There's still plenty of confusion, even amongst some of our, our brothers and sisters who call themselves Christian. Defeating heresies, key word here. It's not decrease heresies, it's defeat heresies. As if Our Lady is trying to tell us, look, there is this one true church, this one true message, and these heresies that get in the way, pray my rosary, those will be defeated. So when you look at those three components in this third promise of the rosary, the logical consequences. If vice is destroyed, that means that virtue reigns. Virtue such as faith, hope, and love. Virtues like prudence, justice, temperance right? 
But the only way to get there is to have people with a lot of integrity. People that have their stuff together. That make a commitment to go to church and make a commitment to the things of God that allow that virtue to sprout within the soul. In the Catholic Church, what we believe is that in order for virtue to begin, you must not only have the grace of God within you, but you almost must allow it to sprout within you, meaning that you will accompany doing God's will by frequent participation in the sacraments, particularly in confession and the Eucharist. You will do your bidding to follow the precepts of the Church, going to Mass, receiving communion at least once a year during the Easter season, all of that attending Holy Days of Obligation, making commitment uh, to your church and, and actually giving yourself, part of yourself to it, preferably all, but at least part. In order for vice to be destroyed, those things must exist. And so the logical consequence of all of that, when you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, is, wow, if all those things are happening, I got a pretty darn good community, don't I? And when you think about it, folks, not only do you have a good community, of followers and believers. But especially for you individuals who are currently on evangelical teams and and those who are trying to find ways to help kind of, you know, get the life going in your parish again, I want to remind you that the church is teaching on that. And for whatever reason, this still doesn't get shared enough. But the church's teaching is that individual conversion must happen first before you can expect mass conversion. And in fact, the concept of mass conversion is technically not your own bidding. Just like your own conversion with Jesus Christ, technically he is the one that's converting you. You cooperate with that grace. So must a parish and so much a church community respond to God's grace to be able to convert. There's no such thing as a human intervention to do so. Now, yes, you have things where you help kind of like let the Holy Spirit, you know, get on fire a little bit, if you will, right? To kind of sweep your parish up, you know, but there's no such thing as being able to persuade someone to become more Catholic. That's not how this works. How proper evangelization is understood is that we take the individual person help them see the light of Christ in their life, be there to accompany them in their joys and sorrows, and then with that, let God do the rest of the bidding, get out of the Holy Spirit's way, and then watch that person grow. And as they grow, be with them, celebrate with them, mourn with them, etc. And so, packed within this third promise of the, the Holy Rosary that Mary gave us, we understand that the decreases in vice, the decreases in sin, and the defeat of heresies we look at what needs to happen in order to get there, and all of a sudden we have a pretty darn good-looking community. And not only that, folks, I would say that the life in the, in the overall community, not just in our church community, but overall community would sprout as well, because as these things are defeated, so let's, let's go over this one, defeating heresies. Heresy at the end of the day is confusion from the truth. It's, it's either a direct opposition to the truth those ones we can almost get to the point of apostasy sometimes, but it's some kind of of situation or teaching that, again, makes the truth ambiguous, if you will. And depending on how much momentum it's it's gotten from the individuals there and maybe what evil spirits have been trying to foster, those heresies prevent others, even some within the church, to fully appreciate the absolute truth of what's going on. With the Holy Rosary, as you recite it regularly, as what Our Lady says and hopes that you do. In fact, she pleads her saints to do so. She reminds them quite often. By defeating heresies through just simply the rosary, all of a sudden, you're guaranteed to not only have teachers to help 
combat the heresies, but you're also meant to also have individuals rise up to respond to the truth of the church so that within a generation or two, the individuals who once believed in the heresy, if you will, are probably going to be outnumbered to a degree to the people who know the truth. And this is all because you pray the rosary. Think about that. Committing yourself 15, 20 minutes to say the rosary every single day, giving yourself up to Jesus Christ through the blessed hands of Our Lady and her protection, all of a sudden, just in this third promise talking through, we see these all, all these logical consequences. So all of these things from, oh my gosh, why is my child dating someone who isn't Catholic? Or, oh my gosh, Father, look at our parish budget, we're $200,000 in the whole order we're going to do. Or, oh my gosh, look at the collection plate, we're not even at 50% of where we need to be. All of those questions, and many more, can be resolved by a faithful conversion of heart to our Lord Jesus Christ for the intercession of Our Lady through the tool of what we call the Holy Rosary. And yes, it sounds really easy. And I'm sure some of you, especially those who are really involved in the parish, are probably going, you know what, George? That's a great idea. But guess what? Can this really happen? And I'm like, yes, it can. And the reason why we haven't seen the fruits of it in some places is because we have not remembered or appreciated the tools that our Lord has given us, particularly through Our Lady, to help us combat some of the things that we're experiencing today. Go back to my own little conversion story. I was Catholic all my life, but I shared, you know, my little situation in college. I realized that the only way that I could possibly help my Protestant brothers and sisters see the true faith in Jesus Christ, which is through His Church, the true teaching, the only way that I could get there is if I relied heavily on our Blessed Lady. I thought my intellect could get it through. I thought my intellect was the one to help defeat the heresies. And that was not the case. Yes, that's a secondary component. Being able to defend the faith and being able to explain to others is very important. But the primary source of how to help my Protestant brothers and sisters see truth is not through anything I do, but what Christ does in me. Which, that's what the Rosary teaches. You meditate on the life of Christ through the eyes of Our Lady, not because through that you're going to gain some great inspiration, though sometimes you could, but you do so because you are walking the path of Christ, and by surrendering to Him, He will then give you what you so desire, or what you need. And just like any good father, just like any good sibling, and especially like any good mother, the promise will be followed through on. And so if more Catholics took time to pray the rosary, destroy vice, we should see a decrease in sin, and a defeat in heresies. All which lead to a bunch of other things, but nonetheless, boom, right there. But by simply praying the rosary, not something drastic that we have to do. Just simply turn to Our Lady, let her do what she is asked to do in heaven. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio, whether you're listening on your radio computer, smartphone app, or Amazon Echo, please know we'll be right back with more about The Promises of Praying the Rosary with George Toman. One body, stewarding God's creation. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. One body, one body, stewarding God's creation. 
The Promises of Praying the Rosary. Here's George Toman. Number seven, the seventh promise. Whoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. Folks, especially if you're Catholic, the sacraments are a very big deal in your life. Let's just call it as it is. The sacraments are the ordinary means of receiving grace. That's what the catechism defines. Not only are they the ordinary means, but they are the most efficient means of being able to receive our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We don't have time in this talk to talk about the sacraments in full. That might come at a later time. But in terms of this promise, when Our Lady says, if you pray and have a true devotion to my rosary, you shall not die without the sacraments of the church, this primarily focuses us on the anointing of the sick, the sacrament that we are to receive near death. Now, it's a very interesting thing to ponder on, because when you think of how many Catholics there are in any community and the amount of priests you have, there's a good chance you probably only have maybe one or two priests, especially in Kansas, where sometimes you might have a priest assigned to three different parishes within like a 30-mile radius of each other. In Hayes, you're lucky to have more than two, between Immaculate Heart of Mary, St. Joe's, the campus center, you have more than just two priests, but even... The priests who are there, they're stretched pretty thin in what they're asked to do. So think about this for a second, the logical consequence. Whoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. Our Lady is saying that if you have a strong devotion to my rosary, a true devotion, I should say, not strong, true devotion, you will not die without the sacraments of the church, which means I'm going to give you one of my priests to be there at the hour of your death. I'm going to give you a priest to be able to receive the sacraments, especially that of confession and the Holy Eucharist. I will let you have these sacraments so that you may live and also not only live here, but also for eternity. I will give them to you because you have prayed my rosary. The light bulb should, should come on. Well, if there's a lot of Catholics who are praying the rosary... Let's just be fair, you know, people die every single day. In order for those people to have a priest, divine intervention would suggest that there would need to be at least a couple priests to be able to handle the load of giving these sacraments, especially to the sick. Am I right? So the logical consequence of this promise, ladies and gentlemen, is that every time you pray the rosary, whether you like it or not, you are praying for vocations in your diocese. And not only are you praying for vocations in your diocese, but you're also praying for vocations in the world, particularly priests. Because when you look across the globe, there are some places who, for literally 50 to 100 square miles, only have one priest. And we know in Catholic teaching, sound in the scriptures, magisterium, etc., that if you have an intention on your heart, now let's just say the Holy Spirit would like that intention to be something else. The Holy Spirit fills whatever you're lacking in your intention and then follows up with it to the Father. And so the way to see it with Our Lady is that as you pray for something, sometimes Our Lady doesn't necessarily answer that prayer. But because you are praying, she will take that grace obtained from that prayer and give it to something else in what she's supposed to do in terms of, of heaven and earth. Which is one of the examples when I 
give talks and when I lead Bible studies on this, I talk when I talk about prayer, I mention to how Our Lady could be taking your rosaries and you might be praying severely for some intention. And you're asking yourself, nothing's happening with this intention. Why is this not working because I'm praying this rosary? Don't look at it that way. God uses our needs to have us pray. He uses our sufferings to help us get closer to him so we pray. What happens in that prayer is all with the Holy Spirit and particularly the created Immaculata, that is Mary. She takes that intention, transforms it into what is needed at that time, and then gives it to the world. So it might be your intention. And it also may not be, but regardless, she will use that grace to impact the world. So going back to this promise, let's say you're praying a rosary because you need to find some help in your discernment or something like that. I know for me, that was something that was uh, very big in my life not too, uh, not too long ago. I, am, I wouldn't be surprised if Mary took some of those prayers and used them for her bidding in other places. And she might have even used them here. Who knows? Where she might have said, okay, we're going to take this grace and we're going to apply it to this little area that has like no priests. And we're going to sprout the seed in this young guy so that by the time he's 21, 22, he'll be thinking about becoming a priest. So yes, even though George is praying about his own thing, I'm using it to go give a priest so that later on down the line when the father needs a priest in this area, he's got it. Now that might be a little bit too complicated for some to really think through. That's really not that bad. But I want to emphasize that Our Lady regardless of how we approach the situation, she will use our prayers for the betterment of the kingdom. And I can promise you that by praying, she will do something. And this is a good example, I think, that can help kind of illustrate what's kind of going on. So by praying the rosary, you are indeed praying for an increase in the vocations, not only in your diocese, but also in the entire world. And think about it, folks. If more people had a true devotion to the rosary, the amount of priests needed to be able to cover all of the deaths that happen every single day. And I unfortunately don't have the numbers about how many deaths happen per day. But if you were to look at that, especially in certain communities, and if Mary promises, look, you will not die without the sacraments of my church, of the church. You, you, will, not, you will not die without them. By, if you have a true devotion to the rosary, then it's a pretty easy circumstance that Mary is going to put priests so that when someone is about ready to die, especially... There is a priest who is going to be ready to administer that grace and that sacrament. I think that's a very beautiful thing. We need the sacraments, and Our Lady is looking out for us. But every time we pray the rosary, even if we don't put an intention for vocations, the logical consequence of this promise is what? We are praying for vocations, all right? And again, even if we don't know it, or don't even intend to do it, we are praying for vocations. How cool is that? Number 11, I want to go into this one just because I think some people, when they read this, they, they think in one direction, when in reality, our Lord, or our Lord and Our Lady are leading us into a completely different direction. But number 11, you shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. I think some people, when they first read this, they think, oh, all that I ask by the recitation of the rosary. So that means that if I want this, 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 and this, by doing the rosary, I get the gift. So it's kind of like pop machine Catholicism. I've mentioned it before over the air. The faith is not a pop machine where you take a 25 or you take a dollar bill, for example, stick it in the, in the pop machine, pick the Pepsi or Coca-Cola or whatever, you know, button. And then all of a sudden you get a return product instantaneously, right? That's not how this works. It's not like our prayer is that dollar bill and then we make our intention and then God just gives it to us. That's not how Christianity works. And that's... 
technically not what a loving father does either. What a loving father does, especially what we know in the Catholic Church here by our own understanding of God our Almighty and loving father, is that he will give us what we need to be able to lead into a closer relationship and union with him. Everything is calculated. Everything from the Lord. And because it is calculated, he wants us to turn to him in all moments so that he can do his bidding with us to help lift up the world, transform it, transform our families. Not anything that we do, but what we have allowed him to do to us, and then we give that naturally through our behavior into the world. Okay, now I say this because when you look at this this promise, you shall obtain all you ask by the recitation of the rosary. Again, I believe, I, I, I've run into individuals who they believe, well, I turned to a novena, George, with the, with the rosary, and I didn't get these intentions. So what's up? Did Mary not fulfill her promise? And the answer is no, she did not. She, she didn't fail you or, or anything like that. You just had the wrong perspective going into it. The proper way to understand this passage is this. And I mentioned it before in the vocation talk um, that I just did about five minutes ago with, pr- with um, prayer, the rosary, and uh, increasing vocations. When we pray, the Holy Spirit will make up for whatever is lacking in our prayer. That is found in the book of Romans. It's also found in many, many different saints and their writings and their teachings to us. It's found in the catechism. It's all over the place. So we have a certain intention that comes into our life, and God asks us to give it to him. When we give it to him, that conversation is prayer. That is very fruitful. And that also has the ability to change the world. We have to cooperate with his grace, but as we do so in prayer, we get this fruit, if you will. And this fruit is what Mary uses then to distribute to the world. So it, so even if I might be praying for my own vocation, I might have prayed for someone else's vocation. I might have prayed for an increase in finances because I'm having a tough time right now. Mary might have used that to help save someone from, from having an abortion. I pray for conversion of the world. She might have changed the heart of some family so that then their children and the others around them might find the peace in our Lord Jesus Christ. But regardless, all the prayer goes answered in a way that is beautiful, manifested perfectly, and is awesome. And we won't know the fruits of that until we get into heaven, probably. So the meaning of the 11th promise is that as you recite the rosary, you will obtain all that you ask. But when you think about it, folks, and here's now we get back to the natural consequence. The more that you fall in love with the Lord, the more that you realize that you're surrendering your will to the Lord. The more, the more that you fall in love with our Savior, the more that you fall in love with Our Lady, the more you fall in love with the church, the more you realize that your life starts changing, your perspectives start changing, the way you approach prayer starts changing. I remember when I did the consecration to Our Blessed Lady, and literally there was a time where I was so uh, bent, if you will, on trying to make all these different intentions. By the time I got done with the consecration, the study of the faith, I simply said, Mary, this is your prayer. This is your gift. Take it. Do it as you want with it. Just please remember me as you make those decisions. My prayer life changed drastically, and it also, quite frankly, made my life a lot easier because the things I was worrying about, I didn't worry about anymore because I was praying, saying, Mom, you, you know me. You can take care of this. And I am no saint, and many other people who have received the grace that I just talked about will also tell you we're not, we're, we're not saints yet. But the one thing that the good Lord has shown us 
is that he has he has given us the ability to say our fiat, just like Mary's fiat at the Annunciation, thy will be done. Do unto me as according as as what you want with me, O Lord, right? Summarizing the phrase in the Annunciation there in the Gospel of Luke. So a proper understanding of promise 11 is that as you recite the rosary, your prayer life all of a sudden becomes more in tune to what God wants you to pray for. And eventually there will be this point where, and the great saints talk about it in their own ways, of course, but there will be this point where what you ask is literally what God wants you to ask him. (laughs) There's not this discontinuity between you ask something and then, you know, your dad wants something else. Briefly speaking, I think Parents do this all the time, and sometimes they know it, sometimes they don't, but especially when a child is younger and you want the child to ask questions and do things in a proper way. And so, you know, mom and dad require the child to say like, you know, all right, what's the best way to say that you want, you know, more milk right now? Or what's the best way to ask for, I don't know, this video game or or this opportunity to be with friends? And the child like starts trying to figure out words to say. And if you ever notice yourselves, folks, like, you always try to like help the kid say the right words. So you're still going to give them the gift, right? But you're going to help them say it the right way. That's exactly what God the Father does with us. As we pray and as we ask all these petitions, he will answer what we need. But he is also trying to form us to be able to do it in a way that is pleasing to him. And this promise of the rosary illustrates that. As we pray the rosary devoutly, and it's true, we obtain all that we ask. Not because we thought of it first and then Mary and God tried to like you know, like mold their wills to ours. That's not how this works. But by praying, our wills are formed to the Father. And then our prayer becomes his prayer. It is united. Just like the great priestly prayer that Jesus gave at Gethsemane, hours before he was crucified to die. He prayed for unity, not only in the church, but also in spirit and mind for all his followers. Not only in that moment there at Gethsemane, but also in the future. That the union that people have with the Father through him would be perfect, because that is how we're supposed to live. And the rosary leads us to understand our fiat, our surrendering of the will. Lastly, in terms of the logical consequence behind all of that, when individuals are able to surrender their intimate prayer lives to our Lord in whatever state of life they've been blessed to have, that naturally leads to a sense of self-preservation, maintenance, if you will, and this is now, again, of all the personal opinions I had, this is the one that that definitely I think can be critiqued, but I, I really think is true. By surrendering our wills to the Father, it brings order. And I really believe that some of the increases in mental illness, opioid use, and all that stuff that's just totally running rampant, pornography use, whatever, whatever you want, all the diseases that are causing infected wounds in the mystical body of Christ. By doing this, I truly believe that ordering our wills to the Father, we will see great decreases in that that cannot be matched by any medicine or any therapy available out there. I really believe that. And not only do I believe it, that's why I wanted to share it with you. I want to share that information with you, at least in that area, that by praying the rosary, the logical consequence, thinking of this 11th promise, you may obtain all that you ask recitation of, of the rosary. Being able to have that order in our lives, to be able to surrender our deepest desires to the Lord will naturally lead to order in other places in our life that will lead to a decrease and maybe even a defeat in some of the crosses that are caused by mental illness, by substance abuse, by infidelity. And I think that's something that we should ponder on. 
and something that today, if you're suffering from any of those things or know someone suffering from those things, rather than wrapping your head around what prayers and novenas do I need to say, go back to Our Lady in the Rosary. So to wrap up for today, because we are now out of time, I went through briefly certain promises and the logical consequences based on how, it manif- how they manifest themselves. And the reason why I shared it, folks, is because I want you to have a little taste of this understanding that the rosary is practical, not only in use, but also in effect. It's a very beautiful prayer, but most importantly, this is what our Lord and Savior desires us to have. He desires us to have a mother with us. He desires us to have someone in our suffering and joys that is literally evident in our lives, and he has chosen our blessed lady to do so. And the more as Catholics especially, the more that we emphasize this point, I believe the more good we will see coming out of our church. But until that time, we will continue to see some of the sufferings. We will continue to see some of the fallbacks because we have not turned to how Our Lady desires us to love our Savior and our Savior, how he wants us to understand him, which is through the eyes of Our Lady. So God bless you all. I hope this talk was inspiring and informative for you. And I pray that our, that our Lady, who loves all of us, may grant you some form of grace by simply listening to this talk. May God bless all of you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's One Body Show, Stewarding God's Creation. If you would like to comment on today's show, please go to dvv as in Victor, D themercy.com and click on the one body icon and in the middle of the page you can click on the button to leave us a message also if you can help this nonprofit station pay its monthly bills please go to dvmercy.com and click on donate you're listening to divine mercy radio 105.7 kmdg hayes 101.7 kjdm lindsberg salina 88.1 krtt great band and 88.1 kvdm hayes if today you hear his voice harden not your hearts